You're listening to the YouTube Marketing Accelerator Podcast, helping businesses and marketers all over the globe dominate the internet's second largest search engine. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Thanks, everybody. So happy to have you here. I'm very, very excited about the show today because we're talking about copywriting. Uh, and this is something which often is a, it's a mystery to marketers sometimes, oddly a mystery to marketers because we have to do so much of it. However, I feel like very few of us actually know how to do it, <laughs> but we try anyway. And so hopefully this podcast will help uh, shed some light on it. I am here with Anika Watkins. Uh, Anika, how's it going? Good. It's actually Annika. <laughs> so, Annika? <laughs> no worries. It happens like every day. <laughs> I'm not editing that out because it's it's cute and fun. Okay, so. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Annika actually runs a uh, Moxie Copywriting, which is an on-demand copywriting agency um, that creates content, all sorts of content. Um, sort of a, I, I love your your menu of stuff that you do, everything from blogs to ads and everything in between. Yeah. Um, she started like like a lot of folks uh, with her own marketing agency in 2011. Did some Facebook ads uh, and uh, ran a bunch of other successful marketing campaigns over the course of eight years, um, and then decided to pivot to copy. And actually, why don't we sort of start there? We we talked a little bit before the show, but I just love you to tell everybody a little bit about yeah. how you found your journey to creating a copywriting business. What's your story there? Yeah, definitely. So I've always been a writer. I'm one of those freaks who like started writing when I was three, <laughs> and it sounds crazy, but it's true. Hmm. And um, I just loved writing and telling stories. I had something published at the Children's Museum when I was like nine years old. And I didn't realize I was a good writer. I just loved writing. Um, and then, you know, went through college, got my degree in PR and journalism um, and wanted to be a writer. So I did a lot of freelance writing for magazines and quickly found out it wasn't very profitable. <laughs> it was like 15 cents a word. So I thought, yeah. okay you know, maybe I'll go into marketing. So I'll make more money in marketing. Um, and of course, in marketing, it's all about copy, you really can't sell anything if you don't have compelling, concise copy, that is going to sell your product. And that's really the goal of copywriting. Um, so many people think, you know, copywriting should be funny and witty and clever. And sometimes that works. But ultimately, the goal of professional copywriting, especially direct response, is to get people to buy a product or service, right? Like it's not to be the most clever ad or a Super Bowl commercial that makes you laugh. It's really about showing something to somebody and making them feel like they need it, they want it, and they got to have it. So um, when I had my agency, I ended up just naturally kind of writing copy for other agencies. Um, and it just really grew from there. And I thought, wow, there's a huge demand for this. People need excellent copy. Um, so it's something I'm very passionate about. I love direct response copywriting. Um, it makes a huge difference in your campaigns. So I could geek out on copy literally all day long. <laughs> so, well, that's good. How about we just do 40 minutes of it? And okay, cool. <laughs> I guess if I have to narrow it down, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I, yeah, no, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if we're talking about direct response, you know, I think there's a couple things that people, really need to focus on to do it right. And I can kind of walk you through those if that would be helpful. Sure. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. So the first thing that is for sure the most important thing when it comes to copywriting is your headline. So whether it's, you know, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're advertising, 
your headline is your gold mine. That's what I always tell people because you only have five seconds to grab someone's attention, which is insane. We live in such a fast paced world and you need to make that headline super effective and compelling. And people are actually five times more likely to read the headline than the body. So it's obvious, it's pretty important, right? Like you have to nail your headline. Um, and I think you would agree with that too, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. I came from, um, I don't know if you know this about me, probably listeners don't, but I came from a big publishing background. I went to school for journalism too. Okay. I got my master's and I was at... Um, I was a top editor at Business Insider and I was at New York Magazine and wow. uh, now this. And when I was in Business Insider, I was sort of like one of the resident like headline guru guys. Like one of my jobs was actually to go through the entire site and optimize their headlines constantly. Yeah, and you so definitely funny. well it's well yeah, I mean obviously it's it's the difference between, you know, 5,000 clicks and a million clicks is is mm-hmm. is the headline and of course the image as well very often. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a huge art to it. Um, are there any specific components that you can, or, or, or a specific guidepost that you have that people could easily plug in for their headlines? Yeah. So whenever I'm looking at writing a headline for copy, there's four things I look at. The first one's going to be urgency. So you want to make sure your headline creates some sort of sense of urgency to make them click. So it could be a limited time offer, a deadline, incentives or an upsell, um, or even like fear of missing out. Like it's just a super cool product or event. Um, so urgency is key. I always try to include that in every headline, um, specificity. So does it speak to a specific audience with a very specific need? Um, I meet clients all the time and I think you can relate to this too, where they think their product is for everyone. I'll say, who's your target audience? And they say, Oh, everyone, everyone needs our product. And that is just not true. (laughs) You know, so you need to really know who is your specific audience and then know the language um, that they resonate with and know their specific pain points. So making sure your, your headline is very specific. Um, Relevance. Is it actually relevant to the person reading it? You know, so it should really appeal to their self-interest. So how will this product help them? Why do they need it? Why will they benefit? Um, And then originality, you know, so if, it should always say something new and interesting. Um, even if it's not a new product, try to find a fresh way of presenting the product. So those are kind of the four pieces of framework that I use when I'm putting together a headline. That's a lot of stuff to put in a headline. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. You won't always hit all of them, but you know, when you, when you're thinking about writing it, you can even split test this too. And I could say, okay, I'm going to have one headline that's really going to push urgency or one that's really going to hit on, um, specificity, but really every headline should be specific, right? Like it should be addressed to a specific audience, be relevant to that audience, and then try to have some urgency. So you can get it all in there. It sounds like a lot, but I think if you map it out, it's definitely doable. So as far as originality, that's more like uh, playing with just just people feeling like they're encountering something new and bold and fresh Mm -hmm. rather than something that they've seen before. Is that the idea behind that? Axiom. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, so it could be a very generic product. I don't know, maybe a coffee mug or something like that. Coffee mugs are not new, but what makes your coffee mug new and exciting? And then you can tap into, you know, features and benefits to figure out, okay, how do you differentiate your product from the others that are out there? So just find, finding a new way 
to present it to the world. I read something recently about um, M&Ms, you know, back in the day, they had that campaign. What was it? It was like melt in your mouth, not in your hands. So that was kind of a new and fresh way to talk about a generic chocolate candy. Um, And so I like examples like that, just thinking of a new and fresh way to present your product to people. I think that's super key. That's super, super key. And and I think uh, also I love uh, pointing to the audience thing, right? Everybody, I mean, how often have you talked to someone who owns a business and you say, well, who's your audience? And they'll say, well, 18 to 55. And I'm like, really? (laughs) 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 Aren't you selling hearing aids? Really? You know, <laughs> but yeah, certainly this is this is fantastic. What about what about avoiding cliche uh, within these? Is that important to you or not at all? Um, yes and no. Sometimes cliches work really well in copy, depending mm. on the type of client. You know, if you're using a cliche to be funny and it's something your audience would resonate with, I don't mind using cliches. I think some writers are like they feel like they have to completely avoid them at all costs. And I don't always believe that. I think you need to do what works, you know? So if your audience um, is going to be somebody who's going to accept a cliche and think it's funny and humorous, and it's going to match their voice and what they're looking for, I don't mind using cliches at all. Um, The biggest thing I would say in copy too is make it as you centric as possible, as in you, the reader, not you, the business. So many times I will see ads or website copy and it's all about the business. Like, you know, we've done as a business X, Y, and Z to improve this product. um, But instead it should be focusing on you. Like here's the solution you've been looking for. Here's how you benefit from this product. So I think when you're looking at copy, um, really try to make it as much as possible about the user and how it's going to benefit them. Cause nobody really cares. I mean, they don't really care about your business in the sense that they don't need to know every detail and what you've done and your experience. They really want to know how does this help them at the end of the day? How are they going to benefit from this product or service? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Okay. So that's the headline. Mm-hmm. And what's next? Okay. So one thing I thought we could talk about is pain points because pain points are really pivotal um, to any successful copy when you're trying to write direct response. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on pain points? Is this something you guys are always trying to incorporate into your ads? Yeah, of course. Um, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a lot of what we do with with our YouTube advertising, and, and this is what we, uh, a, a lot of what I'd love to focus on today is how folks can write better copy for their YouTube ads, which are, which are often someone speaking to a camera. Um, we're usually trying to call out the avatar and the problem really right, right off the bat, because, you mm-hmm. know, you don't pay on YouTube for anybody who clicks that skip ad button before 30 seconds. So you want all the bad people out and the good people to stay in. So you really want to qualify those people and their problems right off the bat. And there's actually a financial uh, thing tied to it in YouTube because you actually don't pay for those folks. So we're, we're, we're calling out the pain points right at the beginning. We have to be very sharp with it. Right. Yeah. You have to be very it has to be it has to be very short, but yeah. at the same time, effective and, and, and sort of empathetic. So yeah. I'd love to yeah. hear your thoughts on that. For sure. And that kind of ties back into what I was saying about how headlines. It has to be very specific and relevant to that audience. You do need to address the avatar right away. Um, but as far as pain points, so they're 
you know, crucial, like I said, to having great copy. And there's a few ways you can go about uncovering what those pain points are. Some of them will be really obvious depending on the product or service, but the more specific you can be with your pain points, I think the better because it's going to resonate with your audience. Um, So a few of the ways that we go about finding, you know, what are those pain points, I can kind of walk you through that. So the first one that we always go to first is go to the source, you know, so ask the customer, kind of conduct your own qualitative research. So they're going to give you the best insight, obviously. So these are should be people, you know, family or friends who actually use that product or service or would use it. Um, and even if you can just conduct a small survey yourself of like five to 10 people and say, what, you know, what bothers you about this product or what would you do differently? What would you improve? That can be a really effective way um, just to get some general feedback from people who actually use the product. That's great. And I think a lot of us don't actually take the time to do that. It's like, I always think about doing it. And then, you know, we just, we don't quite always get there, but it's super, super useful. Are there ways that you'd like very specific tactical things that you would recommend? Because every business is different. So let's say that you're working with a client, a company that, you know, they've, I don't know, they've they've got some product that's for a very niche community that Uh you know nothing about. What would you do? Okay. So, I mean, you could start with the qualitative. If you don't know anyone in that specific niche, one thing, two things, actually, this is what you can do to figure out what the pain points are. One thing you can do is go on Amazon. So let's say, you know, we in our agency have worked with, for example, a lot of cosmetic surgeons. Um, So you could go into Amazon, into the book section and look up marketing for cosmetic surgeons. And you're going to find books that have been written to that audience Um, that are literally going to tell you the pain points in the description. So what are the struggles that cosmetic surgery practices have getting new patients or whatever that might be? So Amazon's a really good hack. Go in there, um, look up books in that niche, in that industry, and you'll find a ton of pain points that way. So that's a really great resource. Another thing you can do is go on social media. um, And if you have at least a couple competitors which you probably do for whatever industry you're in and whatever product or service and go to their comments and reviews. So I always like to look at the Facebook comments and Google reviews for my competitors when I'm working with a new client to see what are the negative reviews. Sometimes it's specific about the business, but sometimes it's specific to the product or the experience around it. And that can be really valuable too. So those are two really great ways um, online that you can do some research and figure out what those pain points are. That's great. I've never thought about looking at negative reviews. That's very smart. That's very smart. And it's really revealing to see what real customers have actually said, um, about that product or service that gives you a lot of insight. So how do you frame that in a way that, that, that feels organic? Because often, Mm -hmm. Like the most the most basic way that we hear and talk about pain points is this very sort of typical. Are you struggling to get X <laughs> in your Y? Yeah. How do you sort of bridge that gap to make uh, to sort of make you seem like the hero in that situation? Should you be the hero? I mean, how does the story yeah, work? You definitely want to be the hero. You want your product or service to be the hero and the solution to the problem. For sure. Like that's the whole goal of direct response copy. Whatever you're selling should, you know, the purpose of it should be to improve that person's life in one way or another and solve their problem. 
So I agree with you. I think that most people, when they think of pain points, it's just this generic idea of, oh, we'll just throw some random questions out there. Like, are you struggling with losing weight? You know, are you tired of sitting on the couch? Things like that. And that's so boring. Um, And you really want to write copy that's going to appeal to people's emotions and make them want to take action. Um, And so I have four ways that you can frame your um, pain points in a unique way instead of following that basic formula. Um, And the first one I would say is shock. Shock is a really good one and it sounds strange, but it works. So a good example of that would be, you know, let's say, let's say you're trying to sell a product that helps with back pain, for example, if you lead with a number, like, I have no idea if this is the real number, (laughs) by the way, but you could say something like, you know, did you know 500 million people suffer with back pain? Um, Mm. Or maybe like, you know, nine out of 10 people aren't prepared for retirement. So that's one way to go about it. You know, so shocking people with a big statistic or a big number can be really effective. That's great. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little spin on it, but you're kind of using that shock value um, to tie in the pain point to grab their attention. Um, another one is probably my favorite, which would be like humor or sarcasm because <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and so there's some different ways you can play that. Um, you know, I think, uh, I saw an ad the other day for, I think it was a Facebook ad and it said like, you know, don't you wish your clients would just pay the effing invoice, which sounds kind of vulgar, but you know, it speaks to a certain audience. Um, and I think this one was for freelancers. And so if you can use humor in a certain way that speaks to your very specific audience and hits a pain point that they can relate to, that can be really effective too. So kind of being sarcastic, um, using humor to hit that pain point instead of just coming at it with a basic list of questions, like you mentioned in the beginning. Cause I think that can really, um, get boring and it's so overdone and you really want to grab people's attention with your pain points. Yeah, that's great. So we have shock, we have humor, sarcasm. Yep. Um, another one could be like motivation. So kind of framing it in a way that, you know, the solution to their pain is just a short distance away. So that works really well, um, with emotional problems. So it could be you know, like a weight loss product or something that ties into anxiety or stress, something that's emotional. That's what motivation works really well with. Um, so that could be like, you know, lose 10 pounds in just five days without diet or exercise. Um, so we're addressing the pain point of they want to solve this problem, but they want to do it quickly. Um, or like improve your marriage in six weeks without spending thousands on counseling. So you're addressing the pain point in there, but you're not posing it as a question. Yeah, that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, and then let's see. Another one could kind of be using uh, like a daunting, uh, a daunting feel. So, like if there's a pain point that seems very laborious, or you know, it's like brain torture. So it could be something legal related, or finance, or health related stuff. Um, anything that's a product or service that people find typically overwhelming. Um, using a daunting technique can really work. Like even real estate, for example, you know, you could say something like selling your house is super stressful, but it doesn't have to be, you know, get a fair cash offer in just 24 hours, no obligation, no hassle. So if you take a really daunting task or or feeling and make it easy for the consumer, um, that's another way to go about it too. So you can be creative with it. I highly recommend that you 
write all four of these on a piece of paper, think about the pain points that you have for your audience and try to just fit them into each of these categories. So, you know, how could your pain point be shocking? How could it be funny? Um, How could it create motivation? Um, How could this be daunting? And then that will give you some ideas to figure out, okay, what sounds right for your product or service? So that's what I like to do. I like to map it out and kind of, you know, put it all together on paper and see what feels like the right fit for my product or service. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So how you you frame pain points is, is very, very important. It is and so this is just direct response copy. And again, are, are, are we mostly talking, well, obviously we're talking general anytime you're doing direct response copy, yeah. but to audiences that are completely unaware of you, this is cold audience stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be for a cold audience. Um, I mean, you can use some of this language for a warm audience, but it's not as necessary since they're already familiar with your product and probably like you and trust you. So I think when you're reaching a cold audience um, with YouTube ads or any other type of ad, hitting those pain points, that's what pushes people with direct response copy. It's like, oh, you know, let's say I'm sitting outside and it's a super hot day out and my air conditioning blew out. If I see an ad that's speaking to, you know, HVAC repair and it has my pain points and I know they can help me quickly, I'm probably going to click on the ad. So the whole goal of addressing pain points and direct response is to get the reader to take action. So they need to be clear they need to be concise and they need to speak to the issue that they're having to make them take action. Yeah. And this is particularly useful in, in YouTube ads because it's, it's, it's a very interesting beast in the advertising uh, ecosphere. You don't, not, not many people understand this, but I mean, it, it has really the best of Google and Facebook there because you have such high relevance. I mean, you literally have people that come to a YouTube video for a specific reason, mm-hmm. and then you get to put your ad in front of those people and address that specific reason in that moment. It's highly relevant in the yeah. same way that Google's relevant, except the cool thing about YouTube is that you actually get to sell to them as well, like you do on Facebook. Right. So if you can mix those two things together, you have this great marriage of relevance. And so mm-hmm. the key here is what kind of copy can you write in that moment when you know, mm-hmm. like you have such a better sense on YouTube than you do on Facebook often, who that person is that's watching your ad. So you better mm-hmm. be super specific, right? Yeah, exactly. And YouTube ads are so powerful. I mean, I find myself... um you know, clicking through on YouTube ads often because the copy and what they're saying in the ad is so specific to me. I'm trying to think of an example. The other day I was looking up hiking in my area. Um, My husband and I do a lot of hiking and I was watching some video about hiking in the Chattanooga area. Um, And then an ad popped up about like, I have a dog and it was so freakly like relevant to me. It was weird, but I did click on it. And it was about hiking with your dog and like a dog carrier for hiking. And I didn't have one. So I was like, oh, yeah, like I've got my little <laughs> dog and I don't have anything to carry her around with. But it, it spoke to me right away because, you know, it's like, yeah, I love hiking. I have a pet and this makes it easier to go hiking with my pet. And it, you know, the copy hooked me right away. Um, and so I think if you have the right copy and you address the pain points quickly in the beginning, like you said, Um, YouTube ads are amazing because you're already watching something that's relevant to the product or service 
hopefully that the ad is going to show you. And if it's an effective ad, you're going to watch it and click through to learn more because it's so already speaking to exactly what your pain points are. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the the psychology of all this. I mean, this is all great. I mean, and, and often you will see this in copywriting is you get all of these great rules to follow and mm -hmm. systems to go down and checklists to do. But I find myself fascinated by what it actually is psychologically, like what's going on in our brains mm -hmm. that's actually making people click on stuff. I mean, I've been fascinated with this my entire career. I've always said that the best, that the best, my, my best characteristic, my biggest talent is knowing what people will click on, which caused me some issues sometimes in the journalism world, because yeah. a lot of my colleagues were like, I want to tell these powerful stories. And I'm like, I do too, but I also really want them to click on it. So I'm going to focus on that. You focus on this. So, but, but, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm very interested in that. I'm, I'm very interested yeah, in, in the, the reasons why people do that. I, I often say that empathy is the heartbeat of the internet uh -huh. because I feel that the main reason why anyone clicks on anything at some level comes down to empathy, which is like the level within which they emotionally identify with something. How yeah. do you think that ties into copywriting? Yeah, it totally ties into copywriting. It should because your copy should appeal um, to somebody's emotions and their direct situation. And so that happens a few ways. Either the copy is going to speak to a fear, right? Like something they're afraid of mm. and they read the copy and it's like, oh my gosh, like yeah, nine out of 10 people aren't prepared for retirement and I'm 55 and kind of creates a sense of panic in me. So it can appeal to fear, you know, people are afraid um, you know, that they didn't do something right or they're missing out, you know, fear of missing out. And so that can cause them to click. Another one is necessity, um, you know, and that can be a whole variety of things, but feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to have this thing. Like I didn't know it existed five minutes ago, but now that I see it, I need it. I can't believe I didn't have this in my house already or whatever, you know, the product may be. So I think feeling necessity. Um, one that I am fascinated by is this whole idea of social proof, because that one blows my mind. It's so interesting. So if somebody sees an ad um, and it's got, you know, tons of comments and tons of likes and tons of shares, that instantly has more of an effect to make people click through simply because when we as humans see that, we feel like, oh, well, if everybody else is doing it, then, you know, it must be good. It must be interesting. Right. I don't want to miss out on that. And so psychologically, just for that reason, um, we it's like we feel like we don't want to miss out and it must be really cool or it must be a great product. And that's a really interesting reason that people click through. Um, so that one really intrigues me because I've seen that happen in a lot of our own ad campaigns. Um, another one is just desire. You know, people read copy. They didn't know they needed this product and it's not really a need, but it's a want. And they're like, Oh, like I really, really, really want to have this thing now. I didn't know it existed. And it kind of speaks to that. Um, and then another one would just be like straight up curiosity. So kind of like that clickbaity stuff where it's such a shocking or bizarre or intriguing headline, they really can't help but click on it. Um, and so I think if you can figure out, you know, why do people really need your product? Is it fear? Is it necessity? Is it desire? Is it curiosity? Um, if you can narrow that down, you can use your copy 
to speak to those emotions and speak to those feelings um, to really make your copy very effective. And so I think understanding the psychology of, you know, why do people need your product? What is it that they feel they have to have it? How is it going to benefit them? Um, So that's kind of how I like to look at that from that standpoint. What are your thoughts on that as far as psychology and, and clicking through in your experience? Yeah, I often hear and and I feel silly because I was just trying to think of what it often is that I <laughs> there 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 are sort of these famous survival axioms that we all have sort of some would argue hardwired into us. And yeah. a lot of times copywriters will talk about those and I can't even uh say them right now offhand because I can't think of what they are, but yeah. um I'm sure you've heard them too. Things like, you know, shelter, food, mm-hmm. companionship, things like that. Um, yeah. uh, and you can leverage all of those things, you know, yeah, like because there's just needs as a human. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Your basic needs as a human. And a lot of those, if you can find a way to speak to those, mm-hmm. I do think that you can often put yourself in a put yourself in a good position. I mean, even even things like companionship, mm-hmm. and our sort of need to have companionship. Um, often, we'll talk about you know, how do you frame, let's say that you're, you know, we, we run a lot of coaching funnels. Mm-hmm. We, we run ads for a lot of online coaches because they're a great fit for YouTube ads. And often yeah. what it is there is, you know, we're talking about, you know, joining, you know, you can do this alone or you can join a community. Like everyone is here right. waiting for you. Everyone's yeah. waiting for you. A bunch of like-minded people are just <laughs> sitting here yeah. waiting for you to, you know, they, they've got the same problem. Yeah. Um, So I think that can be powerful. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a great one to bring up because um, for coaches, you know, if you have a coaching client, you took the time to understand that their clients community is super important to them. And so you really have to do your diligence before you write your copy to know, like we talked about earlier, you know, who is your avatar? You know, what matters to them? And what are those key pain points? Because if you don't have that, you cannot write effective copy, you just can't. And so when you're writing, um, you know, your copy for your YouTube ads, you know, that community is super important to those people already. So then when they click and see that, it kind of kind of like pulls at a heartstring, you know what I mean? Because they feel like, oh, yeah, like, oh, these are my people. And yeah, community sounds great, because I feel really alone. Um, in this journey that I'm on, whatever the coach might be offering. And so that's what it does when you have that in your copy. It, it speaks to the heart of that person in such a direct way. It almost feels like the ad was written just for them. That's how, that's how effective it should be. It should be so specific, um, so strong in its pain points that, you know, I'm sure you've had that experience where you read an ad and you're like, oh my gosh, like, did anyone else see this ad? Like, it feels like they knew my whole life and they wrote it in the sack. <laughs> and oh my goodness, like, yeah, I need to click and sign up because they just hit every one of them. Um, so I love that. I think that's a really good example. I think a lot of people don't do the research necessary. And, you know, I've certainly been guilty of this as mm-hmm. well in the past when you just you, the, the doing the research on the avatar, on the pain points, you often feel like, oh, can I just go in and write the freaking thing? <laughs> you can. <laughs> but it is necessary. Effective. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, if you've got multiple avatars, you need to do research on each avatar. And if you, you know, if your business isn't for everyone, you probably have a couple avatars. I was just talking to a client today um, who sells supplements for something very specific. And one audience was like 40 
to 65 with knee pain and then age 30 and then Koreans. It was very random. Um, So you need to do your research for each of those avatars because they're probably going to have different pain points. Even though you're selling the same product to them, um, it could be based on where they're at in their life, you know, how much money they have, what is important to them at that point in their life. So, you know, take the time before you launch your campaigns to really research this, map it out on paper, figure out, um, you know, what those pain points are and how to best address them because it's going to be different for every single avatar. Yeah, that's great. Uh, is that, is there like a truck backing up in your house or something? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I am outside. I'm at my parents' lake house and there was something beeping. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) I'm like, is there like a truck backing up out there? Like a, what's happening? Are they coming to take her away? What's going on? We need her for (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is great. This is great. Another another big piece of it um, is, you know, we talk about empathy because and and, and very often in, in YouTube ads that we run, we try to add that big empathy element, you know, oh, I see your pain point and I understand your pain point because I've, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so that that feeling that you're not alone. Um certainly brings you into the fold, but also you want to, you want to like establish some authority um, and also be seen as uh, I guess, sort of usually some sort of expert, you know, especially if you're in a, in a service-based business, mm-hmm. how can you do that without it? it I, I, I often find that that's a difficult moment to, to difficult. not stroke your ego. And like, it's kind of like, I see, I understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard. Here's the thing. I'm like really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. Like how do you how do you how do you bridge that? How do you yeah. how do you establish your authority? Yeah, I mean, so that's a great question. Um, you do want to establish your authority, but there's a fine line because you don't want to just rattle on about all of your accomplishments and accolades and bore people. And you only want to share the stuff that's actually relevant to the person you're writing to. So let's go back to the cosmetic surgeon example. Let's say we're selling like liposuction with an ad or something. So we address the pain points, you know, that they want to, you know, lose weight, that they're frustrated with the extra, you know, uh, fat around their stomach or whatever it is. And, you can understand them. And now you need to tell them, why are you the expert? So that would be stuff like, you know, you've done, you know, 3,500 procedures. You've, you know, been a doctor for 30 years, but give it to them in like bite-sized information. Give them the most jam-packed value statements as possible. So that's the way I like to look at it. So they don't need to know, you know, what was the doctor's degree? Where did he go to college? you know, how big is the building? How many people work there? Nobody cares about that. You want to just speak to, okay, this guy clearly knows what he's doing. He's, you know, performed 3,500 procedures and he's been a doctor for 30 years and he was voted number one in Nashville. So like, those are the three bullets I would use in the copy. Um, And so I think you really want to figure out like, what are those top nuggets, like your top five gold nuggets, and then really look at those and cherry pick them and figure out, okay, if I was the customer, what would matter to me? So look at your avatars and figure out, okay, what would make them trust me? You know, so if if it's a coach, for example, let's say it's like a, I don't know, a marriage coach or something, probably that they're still married would be a good one. (laughs) You know, that they've been married for 20 years or whatever it might be, or um, they've helped 
5,000 people, you know, so just really pulling out those facts that matter to the avatar. Does that make sense? I'm trying to say that in like a concise way. I think that's, you know, how I would look at it. Yeah, you just have to find a way, yeah, to, I, I, I think, make the tonal shift not be a, a huge tonal shift. Yeah. yeah. And just sort of make sure it ties into your pain points. Like, and, and, and I think often it can stem off of that, right? I mean, yeah. it can stem off of the identification. Like, I identify with you because I was in your spot, but I was able to beat it by doing right. X. Yep. And by doing X, like, you've, you've established some authority there. And then you can be like, oh, well, I've helped, like... 700 people just like you after mm-hmm. I did figure that out. Um, yeah, I think I, there are ways to do that. Yeah. And you can weave it into your copy without making it all about you. You can still talk about, um, you know, the trust and authority that you have to offer, but still make it about them. Like the way you just phrased it as a perfect example. So, you know, making sure you keep it as you centric as possible about the reader, but you do have to establish the authority. Otherwise, why would they trust you? You know, people won't buy something unless they like, know, and trust you. So that's a very important thing to incorporate into your copy. So what are these sort of, uh, and we can sort of finish it here. This has been, this has been amazing. I think that we can go, maybe we'll have you on again and we'll just talk about (laughs) uh, sales pages and stuff because we're not going to have time to get into that today because there's so much to talk about just with advertising copy. um, I know, especially the, the advertising copy that we do is very specifically templated to that sort of calling out the avatar and the pain point, empathizing, building authority. I mean, it's all the stuff that we talked about. So it's super, super useful. Yeah. Um, but, but just, just, I, I always like to make these as tangible as possible. These, these little, these, these, these interviews. So what are the sort of three biggest mistakes that you see pretty much everybody making out there or mm-hmm. most folks making? Yeah. I mean, the number one mistake would be straight up just not doing research. You have to do your research. So take the time to do your research, implement some of those things that I mentioned earlier, you know, do some qualitative research, ask people, you know, what would you improve? How can you make this better? Um, Go on social media, look at reviews, go on Amazon, do your diligence in the beginning. So you have to do your research. The second thing I see all the time is people focusing on making it witty and funny. And that's just not the purpose of effective advertising. You know, this is not the Super Bowl. We're not trying to get as many laughs as possible. This is not general brand awareness. Brand awareness is great, but that's very different from direct response. Um, So don't focus on being humorous or clever. The goal is to make people feel like they have to have what you're selling. So the copy needs to be effective to the point um, and speak to their needs, right? So don't don't focus on funny, focus on what is going to make them click, what's going to sell the product. Um, and then probably the last thing is kind of what we've already talked about, but just not making the copy about you and the business, but making it about you, the reader. Um, I just see that all the time where people will talk way too much about, you know, we started our business in 2011 and we have these awards and we've worked on this product for years and here's why it's so awesome where you could position it differently and say, you know, here's, you know, the running shoe that's going to change your life or here's how you are going to benefit from this coaching service. So I think making your copy you centric as much as possible will make a huge difference. So those are probably, I'd say the top three things that you can do to improve it. So do your research, um, focus on selling, not humor or being clever, and then making it you centric. And a really um, 
easy thing with that last one is go through your copy and see how many times you're saying we, you know, like we, the business or your business name and try to rewrite it to focus it on the customer instead. And it's easier than you think it is. And you'll probably go through your copy and see, okay, there's a lot of places I could take the emphasis off of me and focus it back on the customer. Those are great. Those are great. I mean, I, I know it's it's very difficult to to avoid that trap where you end up talking about you a lot because at the end of the day, you're so focused on, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're selling your product. Right. <laughs> uh, but I think, I mean, very often that does come from the lack of research. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's also worth saying here just as a sort of button I think it's worth saying that your offer is so important because if you as a business don't have a specific idea of who this is for, of what problem this product solves, and this happens much more often than you might think, not you, but I feel like in in general, especially in this sort of uh, info product space, um, if if you don't know what it's for, then it, it becomes extremely hard or, or, or if it's too broad, like far too broad, yes. you'll find when you're in the copywriting stage that it's just impossible, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you can go too far in either direction. You could make it way too broad, which appeals to mm. everyone, or way too micro niche where like five people want your product. <laughs> so <laughs> you really got to find that sweet spot. That's like, okay, this is your core audience. These are your people. This is what they care about. These are their pain points. Um, so you right, do have a right, level right. of specificity when it comes to this is, this is your real audience and your avatar, not too broad, not too specific. And that takes work. I think people, you know, sometimes have misconceptions about copy. They think, oh, yeah, I can just, you know, sit down on my computer, crank out a couple things, buy this product now, check it out. You know, here's a really cool watch. (laughs) It's like, that's not how it works. It's actually so much work. And to write excellent copy, it takes practice. Um, And just the willingness to do research. If you can just spend the time and commit to really researching understanding your audience, making sure your offer aligns with your audience and that your offer is really going to add value or your product, whatever it might be. Um, you're going to develop the skills to write good copy, but you do have to take the time to do the research. That's super, super important. Really, really good reminder. <laughs> thank you so <laughs> much. Uh, Annika, yeah. thank you so Annika. much. <laughs> Annika. Oh my gosh. Uh, tell us where we can find out more about, uh, yeah. Tell us where we can find out more about what you do. Because I I would guess, I would hope that everybody here wants to go and, uh, because you, you have a copywriting, you, you do all, you do all this stuff for other agencies, clients, businesses. We do. Yeah. So we've got, um, Moxie copywriting. The site is not yet live, but it should be up in a couple weeks. But in the meantime, People can go to moxymediamgmt.com, like management abbreviated, or they can follow um, Moxie Copywriting on Instagram. Um, but yes, we offer direct response copywriting, everything from Facebook ad copy, email sequences, landing page copy, you name it. Um, it's a really cool process. You basically just tell us what you need, and then we send you a briefing form, and we'll turn the copy around in three to five days. Um So it's really cool. We love doing it. We'll do all the research um, for you. You provide us with the information we need and we'll crank out the copy you need to make your campaign successful. 
That's awesome. I'll, I'll have to talk you through a little bit more the template that we use, and maybe you can start adding that to your service. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Jump into it for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I I know that people got a ton out of this. There's just so much here, and uh, we've really just scratched the surface. Um, but certainly, anybody looking to write better direct response copy, which is pretty much every marketer out there, I think would have gotten a lot about a, a lot uh, a lot out of this. Thank you so much, Annika. Thank you so much everybody for being here and we will see you next time.